Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. God is good, amen? So lovely to see you if you are here for the first time. Thank you for being here. We are a church that believes in taking the things that the world says can't be used and showing that God can use them for His glory, and that includes us. And so we just see great things happen through ordinary people. And it's so wonderful what God has done and is doing in us. We're in the middle of a series called Think, which is all about how our brains and that control center, the thought center of your mind, is so important in your life and in your Christian life. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything comes out of the central thought area. And today I want to do a, a slightly unusual sermon. The first verse I want to use is from Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom and that word wisdom should be flashing out to you because when the Bible uses the word wisdom it's saying your thoughts become God's thoughts when I start thinking like God thinks the Bible calls it wisdom and the Bible says if I get wisdom the fruit that comes out of it is extraordinary Proverbs chapter 3 and chapter 4 speak about wisdom as a tree of life all your ways are pleasantness there's just such more precious than rubies wisdom means i'm thinking from god's perspective i've learned to think like god thinks and god's thoughts start to change my thinking and it's called wisdom and the fruit of it is the bible says success blessing, prosperity, but also eternal life. And this verse says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the inference is if I don't number my days correctly, I don't have wisdom. My thinking is incorrect. I'm not looking at life from the right perspective. And the illustration that I'd love for you to think about is of a marathon runner or maybe a track and field runner, 10,000 meter runner. Have you ever watched on TV when they have an athletics event and the athletes have to run around the track 25 times for the 10,000 meters. Have you ever watched that? It's quite extraordinary. They all line up and the gun goes off and they all start running and there is somebody called a pacemaker. For me, I still can't quite fathom how this works, but they have a person who's not intending to finish the race. Their only job is to run at the correct speed for the first three or four laps to get everybody going at the right speed. Have you heard about the pacemaker in a 10,000 meter race? And sometimes the pacemaker has messed it up completely. They run too fast, and by the end of the race, everybody is just in a, a heap because they started too fast. Or they run too slowly, and the, the people are champing at the bit behind them, saying, come on, we've we got to get going a bit because the pacemaker's got it wrong. And the reason I'm saying all this is because the Bible says I must number my days so that I will have a heart of wisdom. And this is what I'm saying. If your life is a marathon race, numbering your days correctly is saying, I know, I appreciate how long this race is. 
It's not a 100-meter dash. It's not a 400-meter dash. It's not a 25-kilometer race. It's a 10,000-meter race. Therefore, I must plan and pace myself and think about where I'm going and what I'm doing and how fast I'm running and the people around me, numbering my days correctly, 10,000 meters. In the previous Olympics, there was a lady who won the 5,000 meter race so, by so much. She was just extraordinary. She broke the record. And in the 10,000 meter race, they thought she was going to do the same, but she started too fast. And by the end of the race, she didn't win. She came quite far back in the, in the placings. There are other times where the person, as I've said, setting the pace gets it wrong and everybody gets it wrong. There are other times, I don't know if you've seen these videos, um, I forget what the hashtag is. I think it's, it's something like celebrates too early, where a person thinks they've won the race. I've seen several videos where the person's running through the tape, well there's no tape, they're running through the finish line and they're going yay! And everyone else just keeps running because they didn't realize, they thought the race was finished and there was still another lap or two to go. And the Bible says this, if you and I don't get a correct perspective of time, you know every single clock tick, every single little second that passes in your life is a step in your race. Hebrews chapter 12 says we're running a race with a great cloud of witnesses around us. All the other Christians who've ever been and will ever be are, are watching all around us in eternity. And they're cheering you on. And they're saying, well done. And it says we fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the pace setter. The author and finisher of our faith. We throw off everything. All the sin and the things that entangle and hinder us. And we run with endurance the race set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We've got to number our days correctly and think about time. You know, there are so many of us, and I put myself in this category, where we think when we're young, I'll never, life will never end. I'm invincible. There's no, there's no limit to how long I'm going to live. And then suddenly as life goes on a bit, we say, wow, has that much time passed already? My body looks so old, but I still feel like I'm invincible in 20. Maybe I won't live forever. And I try to do something that I could do when I was 20 and my body says, nope, you can't do that anymore. And the Bible says, if we number our days, and remember what I've said in previous sermons, if God tells us to do it, it's because he gives you the power to do it. He, he enables us to do what he tells us to do. And so if he says, number your days correctly to get a heart of wisdom, what he's saying is, Christian, Yes, average Christian. Yes, you and me, you can number your days correctly. You can have an accurate picture in your mind of time and eternity. And it will help you when you're thinking about things, when you're making decisions, when you're relating to people, when you're deciding what to do with your money, your time, your energies. Suddenly everything will come into focus. So let me read a few verses out of this Psalm 90. Verse 12, we've read, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Verse 2 says, before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting, 
to everlasting, you are God. The first thing we need to understand is that our days, the race, the length of our race is not just around the track. It's not just this 10,000 meters. After the race, I've got to walk out of the track and I've got to keep living in the rest of the world for a long, long time. You know, there are many athletes who focus so much on their event and the Olympics and they train and they sacrifice and they put everything into it. And then after the event, they say, well, what is my life all about now? They don't know their purpose for living. And what he's saying is there is more from everlasting to everlasting. You may have a race here, but there is everlasting all around it. We've got to open our eyes, lift our eyes and say there's more to time. Number your days correctly means eternity exists, not just this little 70 or 80 years on earth. And that'll change your perspective significantly. The next verse is verse 4. He says, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, like a watch in the night. From God's perspective, time is different. And if we start thinking of time from God's perspective, suddenly things make a lot more sense. You know that thing that you're so stressed about right now? Maybe it's a, a bill you have to pay. Maybe it's an interpersonal relationship problem. I want you to think about it from this perspective. In 10 years time, looking back on it, how important will it be? How important will it be in 10 years? What about in 50 years? What about in 10 million years when you just started worshiping in heaven? How important will that be? Amen? A thousand years a day let's start getting perspective here the next verse is verse 5 he says you carry them away like a flood they're like a sleep in the morning they're like the grass which grows up in the morning it flourishes and grows up in the evening it is cut down and withers the days of our lives are 70 years and if by reason of strength they are 80 years yet their boast is only labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away friends life is short but there's eternity. Wouldn't it change our perspective if we realized that? You know how people plan for their retirement? I've been in the finance industry where you discuss retirement planning with people. And they say, if I put away this much for this many months at this interest rate, I'll have this much and it will last this long. And they plan it to the absolute nth degree. And they're all focused and intently concentrating on how much they're putting away for this. And I want to say, put as much effort into thinking about planning for eternity and then you'll be numbering your days correctly. Amen? Yeah. I mean, that's really the big thing. Eternity. This is just a tiny little race. The big picture is what comes after. There's a, a little story in Luke chapter 12, Jesus spoke. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Yeah, he's had a bonus this year. He got a salary increase. He's got all sorts of dividends coming in from his investments. He's doing well. And he thought within himself saying, he thought, you see, our thoughts actually change everything. He thought saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater ones. 
And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Friend, there are many people who the world says are wise, that in God's eyes, God says you haven't got a heart of wisdom because you're not numbering your days according to God's measure. Amen? Right. Using time well. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17 says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Okay, so God says, do it, therefore I can do it. He's told me what to do, therefore I have the ability to do what he says. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Redeem the time, walk wisely, circumspectly, not like a fool. Redeem the time because the days are evil. What's he saying there? He's saying this. If you walk like the rest of the world walks, if you run according to a pace setter in your race who is somebody other than Jesus, your mum, your dad, your advisor on TV, the book that you've just read, your friends at work, your boss, your spouse. If you have a pace setter who is anyone other than Jesus and you're walking according to the ways of this world, you'll be numbering your days incorrectly because the days are evil. Everything we do, the Bible says, is going to be destroyed by fire. I'm really sorry to tell you this, but that bank account, that huge bank account, won't fit in your coffin when we bury you. I'm sorry to say it. Amen? He says, though, that we can redeem the time. And what that means, that word redeem means you take something that's been used or, or intended for a, a bad purpose. Redeem means you take it, you change it, you clean it, you put something precious into it, and it becomes something that's used for a, a great purpose. And he says this time that is just wasting away, just like water going down the drain, just for no purpose, all the time that we have, those ticking clocks that just keep going every single day. He says that, that, that time is just evil, it's pointless, it's meaningless. It, it achieves nothing in the long term. But he says you can redeem it. You can take that time that's for evil and you can turn it into something. Somebody says you can tie a knot in time that will last through into eternity. You can redeem the time and make it something that's lasting forever. How do we do it? Well, there's another verse that says a very similar thing that expands on it. Colossians 4, it says, continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So the first thing is prayer. You know, when I pray, remember what Jesus said, 
pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what he was saying there? He was saying, I want to bring that eternity time, that never-ending time where there's no sickness or crying, where there's forgiveness and power and peace in God's presence. That kingdom, I want to bring that into this time. I want to redeem this time with that time. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can bring heaven into earth. I can bring the, the preciousness of eternity into the wastefulness of this time by praying prayer is a way to redeem the time he goes on pray also for us that God would open to us the door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak he says that when we speak the word, when we share eternal life with somebody, what I'm doing is I'm grabbing, I'm taking a hostage out of this wasteful time and I'm bringing them into the kingdom of eternity, into God's time. I can, I can rescue people. And when we get to heaven, I want to tell you, you are going to meet many, many people. I don't have a Bible verse for this, but I believe it with all my heart that when you get to heaven, there will be a line of people waiting to greet you, shake your hand or hug you and say, you prayed or you shared or you gave and I'm in heaven because of you. And they're going to say, thank you. You can tie a knot in time that lasts through to eternity. And when you give to others who are sharing the word, you participate. The Bible says we're partners together. We share in each other's blessings. You participate in the reward of that. And then lastly, he says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You know, when we have relationships that honor Christ, where we build others up instead of tearing them down, when we encourage people, when we speak truth instead of half-truths or error, we are building up the kingdom of God in people's lives. There's a verse in Daniel chapter 12 talking about the end of time. And it says, everyone will rise out of their graves. Some will go to eternal shame, but some will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And then the last little verse says, but those who lead others to righteousness will shine even brighter. They'll be like stars in the heavens. The way you speak can be redeeming the time. And again, Jesus said, be careful what you say. Every idle word will be taken account of. We've got to be so careful with what we say. Right, I'm going to close now. Um, just by saying it's an opportunity. You know, we can see time as a, as a race. When, when the runners are standing at the beginning of their race and they're looking out onto the track and they're thinking about all the hours of training they put in and they're, they're, they're getting limbered up and the, the starter pistol is getting raised up and they're getting ready to run. Some of them, I think, if they're like me, will think, oh boy, here we go, another 10,000 meter race. I'm going to be so tired at the end of it. Oh boy, I've got to run this race. But others are thinking, this is my chance to shine. This is my opportunity for all of that investment to come to fruition. This is why I've been training. This is why all the past has happened for this very event. And they're ready and they're excited. They want to grab the opportunity. I want to say to you and I, 
We need to see this short period of time that we have on earth as a limited opportunity. You know, the day will come when you can no longer pray because you'll be in heaven rejoicing forever. And you will wish you'd prayed some more. The day will come when you can no longer give sacrificially or sacrifice of your time or your comfort because you're in heaven forever and you will wish you'd given more. The day will come when you can no longer witness to anyone because you're in heaven and it's too late. But we have an opportunity. And also, there are opportunities that happen each day that may not come up again. There's this little word in the Bible, kairos, which means an appointed time. And it talks about, when it says redeem the time, it's that word kairos, which means a specially appointed time that God has given you a window of opportunity. Friends, we have an opportunity. Let me read you a couple of statistics here. First of all, you have 86,400 seconds each day. Imagine there's a little quote or poem that's been doing the rounds recently. It says, imagine every morning 86,400 pounds was deposited into your bank account. And you could do whatever you want with it. The only stipulation is that whatever you didn't use by the end of the day is cleared out. You can't carry it forward to the next day. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about people worrying about their money and their clothing and their housing. And he says, do not worry about tomorrow for each day has enough trouble for itself. Don't think about tomorrow's trouble. Don't think about yesterday's trouble. Just think about today and I've got what I need to get through today and actually to make it something beautiful for the Lord. Lord, I've got 86,400 pounds to spend either wastefully or to invest for your kingdom. What am I going to do with it today? Amen. And then listen to this. This year, 20,600,000 people have been born in the world. This year, we're only at the beginning of the year. 20 million people, 20.6 million people have been born this year. Those are people that need to hear about Jesus. This year, 8,650,000 people have died. Many of those without hearing about Jesus. Let me change it to per minute. In the last minute, 250 people around the world have been born. And I feel like 200 of those are in our church. <laughs> But in the last minute, 104 people have died. And just listen to this, 68 of those are in what's called the 1040 window, which is a, a geographical area where the gospel is not preached and there are no established churches. 68 people in the last minute have died in countries where there is no gospel witness. There is no light shining. And I want to tell you, friends, we have an opportunity to spread, to shine, to tell, to pray, to give, but it won't last forever. We've got opportunities today that if we don't use them, at the end of the day, some of those people have gone and we will never get another chance to tell them about Jesus. 
And at the end of our lives, it'll be too late. You can either look at your race and say, oh boy, here we go again, another 10,000 meters to run. Or you can say, what an opportunity. What an opportunity God has given me to use my life for Him and to bring others in. Amen? And so we pray. We have prayer meetings. I'd encourage you to come to them. They're advertised on the website and there's various prayer meetings. In the life groups we pray. We witness. We have events when we can invite people to come and know about Jesus. There are opportunities to give and to go and to share. And we're using the internet and TV to broadcast. And I want to tell you, we are doing our best because we know we've got a short time. And I'm going to challenge you to say, Lord, what am I doing with my 86,400 pounds today? Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.